Upon receiving a cancer diagnosis, the patient typically faces many challenges, including feeling confused, overwhelmed, and alone. All of them are emotionally draining. The gaps between the guidance, emotional support, and education that is needed and what one actually receives can be huge. This podcast fills those gaps. My name is Talia Dendi, and this is Navigating Cancer Together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Navigating Cancer Together. My name is Talia Dendi, and today our very special guest is Pamela Alejandro. I am so excited for you guys to hear Pamela's story. Pamela has been diagnosed with breast cancer three times, and this last time she was given five years to live. Throughout her journey, she has learned how to heal and she is continuing to heal from the trials and tribulations of life. Pamela is a compassionate, loyal, and empathetic woman who enjoys helping others and creating beautiful art. I am so excited. Pamela, thank you so much for being here and taking the time to share your story with us. So Pamela, why don't you chime in and tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, thank you for having me. And um, whew, yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot. Um, definitely have a story. As a matter of fact, uh, some years ago, I was starting to write a book and um, I never finished it, but uh, yeah, I, um, I just wanna kind of start from letting people know that I am a recovering addict and um, I got clean in 1990, so I've been clean for 31 years, and 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 it is possible to recover. You know, people do recover, and um, it just takes a lot of honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness on your part. You know, like they told me, you know, how bad do you want it? You know, and uh, you know, at the time, I had two children, and. they were threatened to be taken away from me. So like, I couldn't even imagine, you know? And and it's just a shame that sometimes that like my back has to be up against the wall in order for me to make the right decision, you know? But if that's, you know, what has to happen then that's what has to happen, you know? Um, not everybody has, you know, not everybody has to go through all that, you know? Um, you can learn from other people's experiences. You know, so um, I was about seven years clean and um, I was in the shower one day and, you know, I'm taking a shower and whatever, whatever. And, and, and this isn't something that runs in my family. 
Um, I'm the first one in my, my family to have had breast cancer. Um, and I'm taking a shower and all of a sudden I feel this lump on my breast and um, tiny lump. And I swore that it was God. It was like a, a, an, inter, you know, like it was divine intervention. You know, I swore that it was. I called my doctor and uh, she said, come on in. We did a, you know, mammogram and ultrasound. And yes, it was, uh, it was cancer. Um, I had um, a lumpectomy and I had eight lymph nodes taken from underneath my right arm. None of the lymph nodes were affected. I went through radiation, chemo. Um, I was on at the time, and it was 1997. At the time, they had tamoxifen, which was like uh, something to help prevent the cancer from coming back or an anti-hormone because my cancer was estrogen sensitive. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I went through all my treatments and continued to go back and forth and do what I had to do. And, um, and then I was pretty cleared, you know what I mean? I was, I was somewhat cleared. And then 11 years later, it metastasized to my vertebrae and they oh. found tumors in my vertebrae. So it was pretty devastating. You know, it's, it's devastating. Cancer is devastating period. You know, um, I've been very, very fortunate that the type of cancer I have has been treated and treatable for all these years. Because I've been like 23 years now, you know, fighting, dancing with this thing, you know. Wow. You know, um, and I've known people that have gotten it and within a year or two, they're gone. And so I, I really consider myself blessed and, and fortunate um, to be able to still be here on this earth, to share time with my family and loved ones, friends, and and most mostly to be there for other people to try to encourage them um, to fight for themselves. You know, like in the process of my recovery, um, you know, I came in a broken little girl, you know, yeah. and I had to build myself up. You know, I had, I had to relearn a lot of things. Like I had to relearn how to love myself unconditionally, like mm -hmm. with no conditions. And that took a long time, you know, because yeah. I really didn't like myself. Mm. And, um, you know, sometimes people see in us what we don't see in ourselves, right? Absolutely. And so I had to look at what other people seen in me people that I knew generally cared about me, right? And I had to hold on to that in my heart and say, like, if they said that, then it's gotta be true. Right. So I have, to, I have to work on that and build that up. And then I was able to see things in my own self as time went on, you know, cause I didn't have a lot of clarity in the beginning. It was my first time in recovery. And um, so dealing with the recovery, my daughter was very young at the time. My son was in the Navy. Um, you know, it was difficult. I had a husband at the time mm -hmm. and uh, he was very supportive, helped take care of me, you know, my first diagnosis. Okay. Um, 
soon after that, um, his, his, his own mother was diagnosed with breast cancer, but she passed away within a year. Oh, wow. He, I believe, knew that she had it and let it go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I, I truly believe that, like, that was the beginning of the end of my marriage. And um, I believe that he really had a, he had a resentment with me for surviving, oh. you know, and his mother dying. And uh, so, you know, this whole recovery cancer thing kind of goes hand in hand for me. You know, um, cancer has enlightened me in a lot of ways where I, I'd taken things for granted. I no longer do that. You know, um, right. I t you know, for so long, we take our own breath for granted. Today, I don't do that. You know, I thank God every morning. I thank God every night. Um, and on top of that, I deal with depression. So mm -hmm. um, you're going to hear me cry during this interview because right. it's what I do. Because um, okay. I'm very in touch with my emotions, mm -hmm. you know, my feelings. And um, it doesn't mean that I'm weak. It doesn't mean that I'm looking for sympathy it doesn't mean um anything except for I feel a lot I feel a lot of things um I have a lot of empathy um I have a lot of sadness important to let that out too you know I have a lot of joy yeah because you know when you're doing this on your own pretty much Mm-hmm. It's not easy. It's not easy. So true. and so the, my second diagnosis. Um I'm sorry. My second diagnosis, they really um they shot me with some pretty heavy radiation. And mm -hmm. what had happened was uh it it put my heart into AFib. Um sure. So I ended up with AFib. I ended up with esophageal and a uh, serious in inflammation in my throat. Um, swallowing was like swallowing rocks. Mm -hmm. And that went on for a long time. It was, it was very painful. It was probably the most pain that I've experienced in this time. Um, the AFib went on for a while until they had to do two ablations. And to straighten that out. And that was just side effects of the radiation, you know, because there are side effects in, in um, both these medications. And yes. um, some can be worse than others, you know. Um, so in 2009, I got through that. Um, living my life, doing what I need to do um, to the best of my ability. Mm -hmm. And um, just two years ago, 2019, um, I had this pain in my back. And, and, and I can't stress enough about um, if something feels different in your body that you're not, you don't usually feel um, like it's real important to have that looked at. Like yeah. if I didn't pay attention to my body, if I, if I wasn't in recovery and, and, and knew my own body and, and, and could tell when something wasn't right, um, I might not be here today. 
you know. Absolutely. Um, so I noticed every little thing, and it's something about cancer that um, every little thing triggers you, you yes. know, which is you, not always a good that, thing. Exactly. Yeah. You get that first diagnosis, you're unalert from there on out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, like, it's not always a good thing. Like it can really take you if you don't, you know, work on some kind of uh, positive spiritual program, you know, mm -hmm. which I happen to be in. And, you know, it's funny because when I, when I first got diagnosed, I, I was, um, they told me positivity was really a big help for me, you know, to stay positive. Da -da -da. And some days were better than others because, uh, you know, you're, you're scared to death, mm -hmm. you know, you're not sure if you're going to die, you know, and then you have it happen again. And there you go again. And you're not yeah. sure if you're going to live or die. And then in my case, because I've, you know, being in recovery, I look back at my life and, you know, because I've developed a relationship with God, I've noticed and I have the evidence that he has been there for me so so many times like I can't even deny that because mm -hmm. I know that I'm not powerful right you know and I know that I have been in situations where I have gotten out clear Scott mm -hmm. you know scot free like um so the the evidence that I see in my life just continues to make my faith grow a little more and more in God, right? In the power. Yeah, in the power of him and how much he loves me, right? And I, I never thought that I would be saying these words. Like mm -hmm. I never be saying these words. So so this last time, um I didn't know that the cancer was there. I didn't have any I didn't have any pain until the last minute. Till I finally and by that time um I had already had a hole in my pelvic and a lesion on my spine. Wow. So that was in 2019. And, um, you know, I, I say to people that you have to advocate for yourself. I say to people that you can't listen to everything a doctor, if something doesn't feel right about a conversation that you're having with your doctor, then right. you need to say something. That's like right. you need to say something to somebody because this is your life. Like That's this is right. my life. And I learned how to stand up for this little girl. I learned how to advocate for myself and not care what you think about me. Like, That's I don't right. care what you think about me. I'm not just a number. I'm somebody's mother. I'm somebody's grandmother. I'm somebody's daughter. I'm somebody's sister. And I'm not just somebody's number. And I'm going to let you know that. And, and you know, Pamela, I have to just commend you on that. Sorry for interrupting, but it's no, no, that's fine. Yeah. More people need to hear this because that is one thing that so many people that I work with struggle with is speaking up and standing up for themselves, you know, and I tell people, you are the expert on you. You have a say in this. And so I just want to commend you on that. And I want to commend you on 31 years of sobriety. We cannot let that go unnoticed. So I just wanted to bring it back there real quick and just congratulate you. You know, you are a great example of what it takes, the hard work that it takes.
And I just want people to make sure they catch that as well. So I'm, I just want to give you your props while we're here <laughs> and make sure that that stands out to the listeners, that all things are possible. So continue, absolutely. Pamela. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, I can't say it enough that like before recovery, I probably, you know, I had been um, in so many powerless situations where, you know, I was giving my power away to other people, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and being in recovery, I was able, I learned how to take my power back. And now mm -hmm. that I've learned how to take my power back, like, you can't get past me, right? You just, I can't let it happen ever again. And I don't care who you are. Like, I'm the most important person in my life. You know, if I don't take care of me, I can't help nobody else. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of people don't know, a lot of women don't know their worth. Yes. You know, and you have to start at that little girl stage and learn how to love her like nobody's ever loved her before. That's right. And it's a continuation. It's a, pro you know, it, it, it's a progress. It's not perfection. It's a progress. And and we're all worthy, you know, and 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 if I if I don't get to that place where I know that I'm worthy, I'm not going to. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna fall for everything if I don't stand for something. That's right. You know, and 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 my life is too important. I have a daughter and a grandson who I, I'm not done living for. You know, I'm not done living for. Mm -hmm. And 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 you know, I still have some issues and I still have some healing that needs to be done because I'm not I'm not healed, I'm not well, I'm not in all areas, I'm not recovered, you know. Um, so this last time, I just want to say this, and, and I know you have some questions for me. Um, this last time, um, the doctor, and this is why I say the advocate, because the doctor that I used to go to, I had retired a couple of doctors because I had lived through this so many times that, you know, there had been a few doctors that I retired out, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so this last person um, I had tried to make me feel like it was my fault that the cancer came back because I didn't show up for an appointment, which was a total oh, lie, was a total lie. And so I ended up going to another facility. And um, so I they, I, they did some radiation. Um, they did some radiation and I was pretty hesitant because it wasn't the rate, the, the second, when it, when it metastasized for the second time, um, it was on my spine again and in my pelvic. Well, the spine area up in the upper area was not too far from where I had the tumors in my vertebrae. Okay. And I was so afraid of the radiation because of what it did to me in 2009 that I was hysterical. I was like, not, you know, like I didn't know what to do. And the doctor, the radiologist promised me that he was going to not get close enough to, and he did a perfect job he did a perfect job and um so now I'm on this regimen where I take chemo pills every every day and I go to the hospital once a month and I get bone infusions and I get anti-hormone shots and um probably this will be for the rest of my life forever long that is mm -hmm. um the fact that they told me I had five years to live is uh, just a, it's a statistic. And I did my research and I seen it. Um, but statistics isn't everything. 
Right. To me, statistics isn't everything. Yeah, there might be some science in there and whatever, but I believe that God, for me, has the ultimate, he's the ultimate authority. He has the last say. And um, I, I do my best to live in my moments because it's real hard some days because you start projecting what's going to happen. You're afraid. Mm -hmm. I've never been told I had a time limit on my life. Mm -hmm. um, what am I doing with this? I'm all alone. Um, I don't really have the support that I would like to have. So mm -hmm. it's real important to get that support. That's right. Because with everything that's going on in the world, we're dealing with cancer on top of that. Right. So we really have full plates. And we need to be there to support each other. You know, um, and I don't always know where to go. Um, I, I always consider myself to be a strong woman and try to get through stuff on my own. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that doesn't really work well. It does. It's not. Yeah. It's, it doesn't work well. It really doesn't. Because although I like my alone time, um, you know, having a conversation with myself isn't always the best thing for me. You know, I need output. I need love. I need compassion. I need to laugh. I need to live my life. Right. And, and, and think about cancer all and, the time. Right. And, and mm -hmm. that's the problem. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not here to say that I'm a champion in this thing of cancer and I have the answers because I don't. I don't have all the answers. I know that I try to stay as positive as possible. I try to turn things over when my head starts spinning and I don't know what to do. I say, Pam, look at your feet. You're mm -hmm. right here, right now. Be grateful because it didn't have to be like this. Right. You could have right. been gone a long time ago. And you so know. Pamela, is that part of your emotional and spiritual process? You know, do you want to, let's talk about that a little bit so people know how you've been able to make it this far. You know, um, you mentioned that you're single and you don't always have the support that you need. How has your emotional and spiritual process helped you? Well, my emotional and spiritual process is, um, you know, I, when I got into recovery, um, I found myself being very, very emotional. You know, there's a lot of things that I was recovering from, not just alcohol and drugs. Um, there was a lot of other things. And um, I just found over, over the years that I'm just a very sensitive and emotional person. I'm very compassionate. I'm very empathetic. Um, there's not a thing I wouldn't do to help somebody. Um, and I think that it's a, I think that it's a healing thing to show your emotions. I think that it's, mm. it's people like to think that you're weak because you cry. And so, and that is so not true. We have been given so many mixed messages as young children and, um, you know, men and women, you know, mm. men don't cry you know, women stay in the kitchen and, you know, whatever, <laughs> and, you know, like, whatever, you know, like, um, 
you know, I'm I'm awake to a lot of things in the world today, you know. And um, yeah, sometimes I think I'm a little too emotional because it, it, it does take a strain, but I also have to find the balance in it. Um my spiritual, my spiritual process is just my years of being clean and and having that connection, growing into that connection with God as I understand them. And seeing all the the things that the beautiful things that he, he put into my life, and then some of the things that I thought were good for me were not good for me, and he removed them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we think that some things are a tragedy, but really they're a blessing in disguise. So true. You know, you know and and I've been able to witness that in my own life. <sighs> I'm sorry. Um. And, you know, to be able to be open-minded and look at another person's perspective or look at another way of thinking about things, right. you know, is such a gift because yeah. we're so tunnel visioned and want to see things the way we want to see them that, that we miss out on a lot of love, a lot of experience, you know, a lot of support, you know, so it's important to listen to other people. Absolutely. That that's so true. And, you know, connecting with different kinds of people is important as well. Um, I truly believe that's how we learn. We cannot always stick and stay with the same kind of people, people that are exactly like us, because we'll never see we'll never see a new and different vision. So I want to ask you this. You mentioned your daughter earlier in our conversation. Mm -hmm. How have you been staying strong for your daughter and your grandson, even on the days when, you know, you just wanted to give up? How have you just kept it all together? You know, I don't know if that I kept it together. I just, um, you know, again, I, I always have to bring it back to my recovery because I was given so many tools in that process that have helped me with the things that have happened in my life since then. And, um, you know, I was taught to, you know, you don't go over things, you don't go around them, you go through them. Absolutely. And, And I remember in 2009 and my daughter crying to me one day and telling me, I can't do this. I can't, I don't know if I can do this. Mm. And I said, you're going to do it. We're going to do it together. She did the same thing this last time. And now she's 33 years old. Wow. And um, she's scared. And you know what? I don't not show her my emotions. That's right. I don't not show her those. I don't, I'm not that, you know, shoulders back, you know, you don't cry, you know. Mm-hmm for the kids you know don't tell them that you know I'm not a secret keeper so I tell my daughter everything that's going on um because she needs to know how much to put on me and how much not to put on me oh, you know I love it I love it you know because sometimes kids can be overbearing and want you know I don't care how old they are you know <laughs> if you spoil them they that's it <laughs> You know, That's it's all about story. that. You know. <laughs> right. And, and they will drag you if you let them. 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> and so it's real important that I let her see my emotions so she can help tap into her own emotions, you know, when that time comes when she needs to. And I let her know, like, this is what it is. And, and I'm going to do my best to be here for as long as I can be here. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to come to some acceptance in this whole thing. And I'm not there. Okay. And I don't know if I'm ever going to get there. Um, it's a spiritual journey. It's not something that just happens. You don't just come to accept that this is what was handed to me. And I think sometimes that's why I get depressed. Sure. Um, and I'm not living the life that I used to have. I used to be real busy and I used to do a lot of things and I'm not doing that today. So um, I need to get up and get moving and start doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm limited to a certain degree with um, pain, with walking, with sitting. Um, I still have a hole in my pelvic. The cancer is still active in my yes. body. Okay. And Pamela, I don't think you mentioned this. Is this correct? You have metastatic breast cancer? Yes. Okay. So. Okay. All right. So and that's why you yeah. explain to the audience just in brief details what that really means for the people that may have just joined in or, you know, are not clear on what that is? Well, metastatic means that um, it originated in the breast. And it moved to another area of your body. And in my case, it moved to my spine. So I don't have bone cancer. I have breast cancer that's in the bone. Mm -hmm. So metastatic cancer means it's moved to another part of your body. Mm -hmm. Um, I, and this is again, Um, why I tell people to really pay attention to your doctor and what he's saying or not saying. Like really get all your medical records, get the PET scans, get all that paperwork and ask questions. Ask questions. Even if you think they're dumb, ask the question. The the dumbest question is the one I won't ask. Mm -hmm. And that might be the one to save my life. You know, Absolutely. and I just recently found out that my cancer was still active. I thought it was mm-hmm. gone. And I thought that I was on a maintenance program and I'm oh. not. It's let me, still let me stop you. How did you find that out? What did you, did you have some type of pain or what triggered you to go into whatever appointment that, you know, you were able to get this information? How did you get there? Okay. So last week I went in, um, it was my monthly appointment. And a few weeks ago, I had had a PET scan. So when I went in last week, they, um, I didn't see my doctor. I seen the physician's assistant. And she said to me, come here, I want to show you the PET scan and the computer. So everything looked good. You know, they do the PET scan. It, it's from your scalp to uh, your thigh. And it's all of the bone and um, and everything. And, uh, and then I got to the bottom and got to the skeletal part of my body, skeletal part. 
and I started to see these numbers and I was like, well, what's with all these numbers? Yes. And she said, well, your cancer is still active. Hmm. And I just, I, I wanted to fall out. I just was like in shock. And I'm like, what do you mean? Nobody told me that. Like, I wasn't told that my cancer was still active by my doctor. And so Pamela, let's be clear. You mentioned that you go to the doctor every month. Yeah. Wow. I go every month because I have to have a bone infusion and I have to have uh, anti-hormone shots. I don't miss my, when it comes to my cancer, I don't miss my appointments. I might have to cancel and reschedule, but I never miss them. And my point in asking that question is you go religiously every month and you're now being told that it's active. Your cancer is active again. You know, um, is it possible that that could have been known last month and no one said anything or? Oh, it's been known. Well, from what I, you know, because I have the paperwork and, and um, I've, I, I've been going here for two years every month for two years. So the numbers, um, it's shrinking. The, the medicine, what they're giving me, the regimen that I'm on is shrinking um, relatively good, but I wasn't told about it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's, I to get to. that's just my issue. And this is why I say to people, you have to advocate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got home and immediately I called and said, I need to have a sit down with my doctor. Wow. And I never got a call back. And then I called and the secretary was like, I'm so sorry. I thought I called you. And I said, no, I said, you know what? As a matter of fact, I'm going to wait till next month. And then him and I are going to have a talk. So the physician's assistant, um, what I've decided I want to do is not that he's a bad doctor. He's not a bad doctor. He's a good doctor. He knows his medicine. He just doesn't know how to communicate it. The communication part. The the communication part is not there. And I need Mm -hmm. people to communicate. And I don't need to hear that you have other patients. Correct. Because I am one of those patients. I feel like you work for me. They do. Yes. They do. So I'm going to ask to be able to see the physician's assistant every other month. And then see him on the off month. Okay. Okay. You know, and and this is important that people know this. It is very important because it shows the ups and downs and so many unknowns that reveal themselves when someone is diagnosed, diagnosed with cancer and on their cancer continuum, there's so many changes. Yes. There's so many setbacks when you feel like you've made it a few step, steps forward. So it's very important for the loved ones, friends, family, employers to know these are the things that cancer patients have to go through. Yes. Yes. You think you can trust this person and you want to trust this person and then this happens and then it brings me back to the second time that I was no it brings me back to the the people I dealt with before who try to blame me for missing an appointment and that's why my cancer is back and I'm like 
really? Like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not taking that. Anyways, so this is the conversation we're going to have and, and take it or leave it. Because mm -hmm. I can go somewhere else. That's right. You can go somewhere else. I can go somewhere else. I'm, you know, that it, it, you know, I need people to know this. I need people to know that, like, you're not alone. Like, you're not alone in this. Like, there's times when I feel like I'm alone in this. And that's why I need to reach out more to other people. I mean, I'm a strong person and and I love to laugh and I think I'm positive, but I, I, I have my dates. And you know, not always no easy. I need somebody to fight for me and with me. Mm -hmm. And that's who I look at my doctor for. That's right. And quite frankly, there's only so much weight a person can carry alone. You know, and that's why it's so important for people to show up for their friends and loved ones who have cancer. Even if you just pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm checking on you today. I understand you may not want to talk, so I'm going to keep it brief. Just call and let you know you're here. You know, let you know I'm here. You matter. You're important. Call me when you need me or call me back when you feel like talking, whatever the right. case may be. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because you don't know what another person is going through. You really That's don't. Right. That's you really right. don't. And you know, I'm on Facebook and 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 I and and I offer anybody to reach out to me to friend request me to um if you want to inbox me, messenger me um for support to, to be a part of your support network. Maybe you can be a part of my support network. Um and I let I let it be known. I'm like, a, my life is like an open book. You know what I mean? I let people know because mm -hmm. I don't, I don't keep secrets. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to act like everything's okay when it's not. That's right. You know, and some people will respond and support you and some people won't, mm -hmm. you know? So Pamela, you mentioned spirituality, spirituality throughout our conversation here. Are there other ways that you've been able to deal with being given five years to live? You know, for people out there who may not be very spiritual, are there other things that have helped you? You know, you mentioned earlier that you haven't fully accepted it, but are there other things that have helped you to get to the point where you're at today? You know, I look at my daughter and I look at my grandson and um, and I know that she's not totally settled in her life. Excuse me. Um, and I I look at the love that I have for her and and for him, and um, I just can't give up because of that. Those they are my reason. Like they they are my reason why I wake up besides the fact that God allowed me to wake up they are the reason why my feet hit the floor and I might not always we might not always see eye to eye but you know a mother's love is so much different for their child than the child's love is for their mother mm. you know um I don't know how another person 
could go through this without having some type of spiritual program, some type of relationship with a higher being. I believe it. I believe that. Um, there has to be something bigger than you that you rely on that's going to help you get through is mm-hmm. as, as often as possible, you know, like I haven't accepted it because I'm not accepting it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like sure. when I accept that five years is going to, then that's when, that's when it's going to happen. Right. Not accepting it. You know, I'm not accepting it because I'm, I'm fighting it because I'm going past that five years. I'm going past mm-hmm. it. I'm going past it. I'm not accepting it. You have to speak it. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm going to continue in my spiritual journey of getting closer to the God of my understanding and and being the compassionate and empathetic person that I am. But I'm not going to accept that another human being is going to give me a date. I'm not accepting it. Right. It'll happen. It might happen before five years. <laughs> How about that? You don't know. That's right. So it's in God's hands. Mm-hmm. My life is in God's hands. And, I, and I'm not a religious person. And that's there's a difference. Thing. Yeah, there's definitely a difference. I don't, you know, and I and I don't um, judge people that, that are. Mm-hmm. I have friends that are. You know, and I'm just, it, it's all in the spirit because mm-hmm. the spirit shines through and people can see it. Sometimes it's, it's scary to other people, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so Pamela, you have shared so much valuable information and insight with us today. I like to end the interview by asking all my guests the same two questions. The first question is, what is something that you've learned in life that you like to share with the audience? Something I learned in life. Um, hmm. Enjoy your moments. Mm. You know, enjoy your moments. You know, we're so, I, I couldn't wait to grow up. And then when I grew up, it went by so fast. I was like, no, I want to go back now. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and I learned that not everybody's my friend. Oh, boy. That Isn't people, that the truth? People come, and, and, and a lot of people might not understand this, but people come with the representative. <laughs> but then after the representative, <laughs> and you see who they really are oh. and and I don't say that to say that I'm a perfect person I've made a lot of changes in 31 years and and I am loyal and honest and and compassionate and empathetic and if I wasn't I wouldn't say it um and that's what I learned I mm-hmm. learned that the yeah the, the people that are, are supposed to be in your life are the people that are going to be in your life 
You know, we want other people to be in our lives, but God's going to put the people. You know, what I've really learned is that, like, when I do something for somebody, it's unconditional. Yes. And there's times when I used to think that, there's times when I used to think that, well, if I need some help, then they'll help me. No, it don't work mm-hmm. that way. God's going to point the people out, come and help me. It's not going to even be the person I did for. It's going to be somebody that I might not even know. Yeah. We get blessed through so many people we never expected. You got to keep your eyes open. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your eyes on the prize. That's right. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> and so my final question, Pamela, is what's next for you? You know, are there any special things that you're working on? Anything you want oh, to do? Yeah. <laughs> I want to come out there with you. <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> you <welcome>. know, <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, you know, I'm doing this painting. You know, I do. My, I, I, I discovered that um, I got a bit of an artist in me, uh-huh. and um, so I do paint pouring and and abstract painting. And um, I'm continuing to do it. And uh, I'm struggling with selling my pieces because I kind of don't know where to go around here. And, um, you know, I've had some sales, you know, quite a few really, but I know that I have to do my part. I have to get out there and start like really reaching out to people. Sometimes I can get in my own way, you know. But I post everything on Facebook and, um, you know, and, and that's just kind of like where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. I want more to happen for me. Like I asked God for purpose, mm-hmm. gave me painting. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to tell you all, she has some paintings on her Instagram page, which I will be sharing. So make sure you check them out. The colors are amazing. So I will share that information with you as well and make sure that you go and check out Pamela's work and support her. And Pamela, not to put you out there like this, one thing you did mention to me, Mr. Denzel Washington, do you want (laughs) to... We got to, you know, we got to have some fun here. might be inappropriate if you (laughs) okay we'll leave it there we don't want to be inappropriate I have been in love with that man oh my god yes that's all I'm gonna say (laughs) yes yes Yes. I think a lot of women have but yeah they have so much respect for his wife that they just oh my god absolutely (laughs) you not how can you not but you can always Listen, I ain't got, I can think about it. I don't have to, I don't have to. Yeah, (laughs) I would never, yeah, I would always respect another woman. Always. That's right. You have to respect each other. Absolutely. Yeah, like, I'll tell you, like, after, you know, another thing that happened when I first got diagnosed in 1997, when the chemo, um, when I started with the chemo, it, it knocked my body. I was 40 years old. It knocked my body into early menopause. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it kind of took away a lot of that, you know, 
I don't even really think about wanting to be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. I think I miss more of a companionship than, you know, but when you said Denzel, I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the lookalike? <laughs> yes, yes. We had to bring Where's some the... fun here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, I, you know, like, I, I'm not, I'm not okay if I'm not laughing. That's you know, right. It just fills up the spirit, you yes, know. Sometimes I have to sit here and watch uh, you know, some comedians on TV <laughs> just to get myself going, you know what I mean? Because I yeah. love to laugh, mm -hmm. you know? Laughter is like, it's music to the soul. Yeah. You know, you have to, it's so healing, you know? So find a way to laugh, find a way. Whatever makes you laugh, do it. I agree. You know? Well, Pamela, thank you. Thank you so much for blessing us today with your story, your time, you know, all the things that are going good in your life, as well as your struggles. Thank you for sharing all of that. And Pamela, you mentioned that if people want to connect with you or learn more about you, they can find you on Facebook and yes. Instagram. I hope this episode filled you with hope, inspiration, and information. If you enjoyed the content and found it helpful, please leave a review, rating, and subscribe to the show. It will help others find us so we can share this very important information. Thank you so much for tuning in. I truly appreciate your support and join us for the next episode. Until then, let's keep navigating cancer together. Thank you.